Oh, hi there. Big Sam here of the DU Football Show, the world's favorite drunken, totally biased recap of the English Premier League, is told by two common American schmucks. I'm often reminded by my co-host Sam, the number one thing that people ask us. Why the fuck you guys do this show? Not that one. The other one, Sam. Oh, how can I become a supporter of the show? That's the one. How can I support the show? Well, that's easy. Support our Patreon. Sam, how does one go about doing that? By visiting www.patreon.com backslash dufootballshow and signing up to one of our three supporters tiers. A friend of the show for a dollar, a drunk Uber passenger for five, or our top tier, the $9 tier. Because 10 is way too much. And we have a special promotion going on right now, don't we, Sam? We do, actually. Uh, become a drunk Uber passenger, which is our $5 level, and we will do a quick video previewing your team's upcoming season as a thank you for supporting the show. That's right, boys and girls. From now until September the 7th, we'll be running this great offer. It helps pay for the operations of the show, the studio, and producer Mel's mute button. Be sure to take advantage of this great deal. Sam, where do people do that again? www.patreon.com backslash show. And now on to the show. Coming up next. Can you ever let me have the last word just fucking once, Jesus? Nope. Hello, this is David Geckel from Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm a Leeds United fan. And we're back, bitches, and we're never fucking leaving. And you're listening to the BU Football Show. Mighty boisterous proclamation, wouldn't you say there? Yeah, all that makes me want is for them to fucking leave. (laughs) Again, Leeds United, the team we can all universally hate. Yeah, I think one season of Bielsa, I think I'm good to go. I think they can fuck right off after this. You just need him in your veins, that's it. Just once, baby. Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Great day, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Hello and welcome to the Drunker United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the uh, always-on-time Samuel Graham. <laughs> hanging on to that, aren't you? Yeah, just I'm going to hang on that for a while. You know? right. it, makes, it makes me feel good to know that you know I'm coming early. I'll be there late. <laughs> just, it gives me pride. You know what I like? What do you like? The fact that you can't fucking start without me. <laughs> you need me. You need me. <laughs> um, uh, Alan would beg to differ. Um, you know. Yeah, I don't see him sitting in a seat, do I? We're recording at Studio H, just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with your friends. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Absolutely. On all the social medias, we are at DU Football Show and then DU Football Show at gmail.com uh, to get in touch via email, which we love to have your correspondence. Or 
as I always like to say, you can just zoom into the show, as is the case with our guest today. We have Brian. Brian, how you doing? Doing great, boys. How are you fucking doing? I'm doing fast. <laughs> I'm doing well. He's already he's already fitting in. He knows Lo- he knows it's come in with the F bomb, they're gonna like me. Love We're good. the F bomb. <laughs> Love an early F bomb. Yeah, come and establish yourself, you know what I mean? I'm gonna announce my presence with authority, motherfucker. Well, that, it's like punching the biggest <laughs> cunt your first day in jail. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You, exactly. you gotta let him know you're here. Now, for all you know, the biggest cunt's gonna thump you. Um <laughs> which could be the case as we follow up here. Uh Brian, who do you support? Fulham Football Club, the only club to support. Oh, the nicest, sweetest, most (laughs) neutral football club in the world, except for when it comes to the king of pop. Same in myself, both work in the wine and spirit industry and both uh, have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans that we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Those son of a bitches are laughing so hard. I'm trying He's to so keep proud it of himself. <laughs> I think he laughed at his joke first. <laughs> he absolutely did. He was laughing before he even said the damn thing. Excellent fucking writing. Piss <laughs> off. Sam, what are we drinking? Uh, so today we've got Doer's 21 year old. This was uh, on Whiskey Advocates Top 20. This was number two. Um, $57.99 to $65.99 um, for a pint. Mm-hmm. So uh, a bit on the pricey side, you're going to find it at 92 proof, and it is aged using the double-double age uh, okay. process, which All is right. unique to doers. It's a four-stage process that they use. The single-grain whiskeys are aged in oak casts separately from the single malt whiskeys uh, in, in, that mm-hmm. are aged in their own oak. Um, then the grain casks are blended, mm-hmm. put into another barrel. The malts are blend are blended together, put into another barrel. Stage three, the grain and the malt whiskeys are blended together to create the doer's blend, right. aged in oak casks. And then um, the meticulously blended whiskey is finally aged in sherry. A little uh, Oloroso? Uh, yes, I Excellent. believe so. That Excellent. actually doesn't say. Well, I think so. Probably Oloroso. Tastes like it. Yeah. yeah. A lot of dried fruits up front. Yeah. Fucking lovely. Oh, it's delicious. Um, and that, by the way, that unique four-step aging process right here on the can for ultimate smoothness. No, it okay. is, it's pretty, it's it is pretty, pretty ultimately smooth. smooth. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually not bad. Uh, much much like me and the way I deliver jokes. Just ultimately <laughs> smooth. <laughs> My oh. goodness. Um, yeah, people. Uh, Brian, I just, I'm going to apologize to you now, bud. All right. <laughs> no. Hey, I just want to say thank you for popping something that nice for London's oldest football club. I do appreciate you for doing that. You know, very foolish of you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tell you, people, people hear the name doers and you automatically think white label and you think, right. And then you drink something like this and you realize that those blending houses like doers and like Johnny Walker have the ability to just get their hands on right, proper, amazing fucking whiskey. Yeah. And then they blend it to perfection. This has got just that little faint hint of smokiness, but not anything that beats you over the head. This is certainly something that a non-peat person, like I don't fuck with peat whiskey, could drink this very easily. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, it's just all that dried fruit up front. It is rich and damn, it's well-deserving of number two. Like, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's an excellent little whiskey. I wasn't 100% sold on the uh, Dickel 13 being number one. I'm absolutely sold on this bottle of whiskey being number two. It's pretty freaking incredible. I think this is better than the Dickel. I think this probably should have taken top spot. <clears throat> well, apparently, My opinion. Bacardi didn't spend as much money as, as Diageo, uh, as Diageo did. <laughs> That's the truth. 
All right. Well, then, hey, kids. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. That's right. Always remember. Allegedly. allegedly. Let's have a great show, kids. <laughs> Let's do it, guys. Ooh, we got the nice glasses. Yeah. Yeah, it's got the Glen Karens out today. Love that. <laughs> Figure we have expensive balls whiskey. We should have fucking Glen Karens, right? Yes. All right. So typically, a team that gets relegated rarely comes right back up. Newcastle and West Ham uh, did it. And now the wheat bread, I like to say, of London have now done it too. Fulham is back in the prem after one year going down. Sammy, why don't you tell us a little bit about Fulham as a, as a club? Uh, sure. Their stadium is Craven Cottage. Uh, they are known as the Cottagers. Uh, the capacity of the stadium now is 25,700, but it's supposed to be increasing to 30,000, uh, making them still one of the smallest grounds in the English top flight. Lovely yes. stadium, though, right on the river. Old, the oldest professional club in London actually founded in 1879, and it was then known and probably should have stayed as St. Andrew's Cricket and Football Club. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> in 141-year history, they've only played in the top tier for 27 seasons, um, but they have competed in the Europa League uh, at the time the UEFA Cup final once, losing 2-1 to Atletico Madrid. Um, they did, however, win the UEFA Intertoto Cup, and fun fact, they are actually unbeaten in Euro comp- uh, European competition at home with 17 wins, six draws. Um, they are also known for having the most polite club and fan base in the world, despite Scott Parker being their manager. Does that um, all uh, sound uh, about right, Brian, describing the club? Yeah, it does. But let's act like we're not 150 years old people and that it really matters that we've only been in the top flight for 27 seasons. We've been in the top flight in the Premier League for 15 of the last 20 years. So it's not like something where we're a brand new club coming up. We belong here and we'll prove that. Excellent. Love it. Okay. You know, I hold the longest streak for being in the top flight, right? Uh, Excuse me. That's uh, that's (laughs) that's shared uh, the two teams that never get uh, dropped out of the Premier League out of the top flight period. Well, yeah, that's right. Top flight. I haven't been out of the top flight period in 80s or maybe actually it's probably closer to 90 years now. We went down once in the 60s and went right back up. Guess what? That's what they is. call privilege. That's called privilege. Guess You're what? One, guess what? That once is you, you, more this, than my zero. You know what? You, you know what? This also is. This is what we like to call the pro Arsenal agenda. That uh, <laughs> one, Mister Graham likes to shoehorn into any show. We're doing a show completely about Fulham, and he goes, "Wait, boys and girls, let me tell you a little bit about Arsenal Football Club." So big, uh, big thing about Fulham though too is they may um, a lot of people actually may be familiar with Fulham as a lot of uh, prominent Americans have played there uh, over the years. You've had uh, Brian McBride, pretty much a Fulham legend, one of the only American legends, if you will, of a of a club in England. After Brad Friedel with Blackburn slash uh, the uh, the old Spuds, and Clint Dempsey began his English foray Fulham uh, as well. Was top five in scoring one year there mm-hmm. for them, wasn't he with Fulham? Yep. Uh, and then now uh, the center back Tim Ream. Yep. Uh, right. Played for Fulham as well, so they have a, a strong tradition um, of Americans in their side, uh, and owned by Shahid Khan, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep, we have talked about that before. Now, Brian, let's get into a little bit with you about the club as a whole. What was it that brought you to Fulham and to how long have you been supporting Fulham as well? Yeah, so uh, I'm 35 years old. I've, I've played the sport my whole life. I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to play Division One college soccer at Georgia Southern. And in those years from 2003 to 2007, uh, I got an opportunity to play against Clint Dempsey when he was at Furman. And during those years, we had a couple of English coaches uh, that followed the, the the league, followed the Premier League. And it was very difficult in the States because there might be one game a, a month uh, on ESPN and it would always be, you know, Man United and Arsenal or Chelsea and, and all the, you know, the big four, whatever you want to call them. 
And so it was really difficult to pick a club and actually follow it. So in 2007, uh, when Dempsey was picked up uh, by Fulham, I said, you know what, that's going to be my club. So I've followed them since 2007 through thick and thin. Um, and, and, and that's really why I became a fan. But I have to tell you, I really became more of a passionate fan after we got relegated and how bad that hurt. And really where there was no way to watch them. You had to listen to Gentleman Jim and Jamie Reed through the Fulham website. There was no video. You literally had to be wherever you were and listen to audio for over three seasons until Fulham FC uh, got their own TV network. So I think that's really where I heard the passion, not only of the fan base, but it made me realize how important and how much it means to be in the Premier League. And and damn it, I don't ever want to fucking go back to the championship after <laughs> being relegated. I'm done with that shit. Let's yep. let's stay in the prem. I love it. Love it. So uh, when you played against uh, Dempsey, did he smoke you at all? Yes, multiple times. <laughs> so I will I will say though that uh, that that our, our player Tony Moffat won SoCon Player of the Year in Dempsey's last season. He didn't play all four years. He actually left after his junior year uh, and was signed uh, by the New England Revolution. And that was when he got his first step. But yeah, there was always a difference. I mean, Division One, there's great players, but there's a big difference between Division One and professional, and that's just the reality. And you could always see there was something in his eye, and it was just that mindset that um, you know maybe where he grew up. Uh, maybe, you know, everything that happened in his life, he just had that, 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 that eyesight of like, fuck it, like nothing's going to get in my way. And, and, and he proved that by scoring over 50 goals in the Premier League for Fulham. So uh, Sam's younger brother played for UNC Greensboro and uh, was division, division one athlete. And, uh, you know, he, his career pretty much his soccer playing career kind of ended after college. And he started playing for Christos FC, the team okay. that famously lost to uh DC United in the uh, USA Cup, the Lamar. In the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, yeah, U.S. Open Cup about three years ago it was now. And his brother, Brian, was on the pitch. He came on the pitch in uh, early in the second half, wasn't no, Early it? in the first half, yeah, due to an injury. He came on it was about 14 minutes in or so. Yeah. He came on, and that's uh, when Christos took the lead. Yep. 1-0, uh, about, maybe about six minutes after he came on, something like that. I remember him saying after the game, because we were, we were chatting with him some, and it was Lorenzo Sam, right, that went by him? Yes, the Ghanaian International. Yes. Yeah. So he said, he goes, so there's Lorenzo Sam in front of me. And then there was Lorenzo Sam 20 yards past me. (laughs) It was like he was in front of me. I I squared him up and he wasn't there anymore. He was just he was gone. (laughs) And this is only about a season after he graduated. Maybe maybe a season and a half after he graduated. And and he's a personal trainer now. Yeah. So he keeps himself. Yeah, he keeps himself in good nick. And uh, and yeah, uh, Lorenzo Sam just blew just made him look like he was standing still. (laughs) So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the team, namely the manager with Scott Parker. Um, you know, Scott Parker was hired as the team was already going down from their first promotion to uh, the Prem uh, a couple of years ago. And you could already tell the minute he came in that there was going to be a different mindset. Um, I specifically remember um, you guys putting the boots to us, uh, Everton, 2-0 at home. Uh, and you guys were already going down at that point and just worked us. We were... We, we had no chance in the game at all. And it just seemed like Parker had already kind of changed the mentality. What was it that he did for the club? Um, how important was it for him as a new manager coming down to the championship, working with the team and getting them back up to being promoted? Yeah, so he, he obviously was put into a very difficult spot. Um, this was his first season uh, fully, I guess, for the whole season uh, in the championship. And he got us promoted. But um, I think his interview after winning at Wembley says it all. Uh, the club was broken. There was no spirit. 
we lost our winning mentality. I mean, 2018, before we got promoted, we didn't even lose from January on. It was like there was anybody that we wanted. We were called the, the Barcelona of the championship. And we thought that was going to roll right into the Premier League. And I know we'll talk a little bit more about what went wrong with the $100 million spent. But the reality was is that we were used to losing and the club was used to losing. And so there were a lot of, of bumpy roads throughout um, really where he had to, 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 to help them and mend them and just love them, honestly, give them hugs and tell them that they can do it again. And that took a while. And you could just see the emotion in Scott Parker's face of how difficult that was. But ultimately, it's like raising a son and your son, you know, doing something amazing in life. And, and, and that's, I really think, the mindset of, of how Scott Parker has gotten to where, us to where we are. Um, but the, you brought up Fulhamish. And I think the biggest thing with Fulham and one of our downfalls is that the second we lose a game, people are like, fire the manager. Now, I know that's across football and that can happen. But in Fulham, it happens all the time. And when we came back from the from the break, uh, for this coronavirus and we lose to right off the bounce. I mean, it was Scott Parker's done. Even if we get promoted, he's done. And then you fast forward a month and a half later and every Fulham fan is like, oh, Scotty Parker, you're the greatest. So I think there's a lot of pressure there, but he's deserved it. And I'm really excited to see what he can do because you can tell the players, they fucking love him, man. They fucking love him. One of those two losses too, when you came back from Corona was Brentford, the team you beat in the final, wasn't it? Oh, Brentford. Yeah, Aren't they Brent- a piece of shit? I uh, didn't yeah. get you one. They got you <laughs> one nil coming back from the coming back out of uh, coronavirus, and then yeah. Yeah, you you got your rev- you got the revenge you needed to get. You won the game you needed to win, which was the ultimately the final in Wembley. Uh, you, let's go ahead and I'll, I'll have Sam go ahead and bring up the uh, the the the, the hundred million dollar question here. But I just want to lead it in with this before you do that question, Sam. Is one thing both of us that was our. So we've been now doing the show coming into this season will be our third season. So our first season was with Fulham up and both of us the entire season. And I'm sure you heard this ring around from everywhere that every anybody wanted to say it. You look too good to go down the whole that's season. That, yeah. We were like, but that's that old they're, trap door, they're, right? They're too good to go down. They're, how how are they playing this badly? They're too fucking good to go down. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that, that's the old trap door, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm I still shake my head and, and don't really understand or, or really, <laughs> really figure out why that happened. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, we brought in uh, the biggest issue was we brought in 15 players. We signed 11. We brought four or five at least uh, in on loan. Uh, we went out and got, you know, Mawson for 15 million, Sari for 25 million, Lamarchand for 12 million and Gisa for 30 million who didn't do shit. But I hope he comes back and does great. <laughs> but the reality was is we didn't we just we just were never a team. You know, we went we were so tight in the championship when we went through and we won at Wembley. And I, and we thought that that core uh, team mentality was going to, to stay true. And it just didn't. We never really had that. We couldn't put game after game, to be honest. And it just looked bad. It was terrible, man. I, I don't I, I don't really know what else to say about it, to be honest. Well, and that that's the thing, right, is you, you were known as and, and called the season prior the Barcelona of the championship. And then when right. you came up. I don't know if that actual phrase got to your head, but it seemed like it because you started to spend Barcelona style money. <laughs> and um, and with that, as, as you say, the continuity, there's something to be said for that continuity. I mean, Watford never big on signing players, for instance, but they came up and they stayed true. Now, they changed their manager quite frequently, <laughs> but they Every other fucking week. Right. Yeah. But they they kept a core group of players. Right. And they kept the spine of the team pretty much intact. And that mentality, that that togetherness, there's something to be said for that spirit, right? Talent only gets you so far. If you don't have the work ethic to do it, if you don't have the the, the 
that within you, that that's not in your DNA, you're going to fail. I mean, look, and I, I'm really not trying to bring up Arsenal, but look at somebody like Mesut Ozil. Look at Gareth Bale. Pro okay, fine, Arsenal fine, agenda. fuck off. Look at Gareth Bale. Look at Gareth Bale, right? A footballer hates playing football. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. He's just happy to, to go on his little private golf course in, just outside of Madrid and earn 600000 a week and then claim that his back hurts at the weekend. I, I take it back. It's okay. Like, you can say that about Mesut Ozil too, because it's true. No, but that's what I'm saying. It, it's you, <laughs> Talent only gets you so far. If you're not going to put the work in, fuck you, bro. We don't need you. Right. And when you bring in that many players, uh, we'll talk about it on injury time uh, uh, tonight as well, about the Europa League. Yeah. How amazing it was what Sevilla did, changing nine of their starters at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it was insane. Fucking insane. You know, so it, it's my question to you is do you think that that $100 million is still weighing on your head? Did enough of those players stay with you through the championship that they maybe developed that togetherness? Or are you going to run into the same sort of problems? Uh, you know, I think from an ownership all the way down, uh, we have a way better understanding of what it's going to take to stay up. Uh, but ultimately, that's going to come down to the play on the field, the manager and the owners all coming together to, to get the team right. I think it would be amazing if we could get a Siri or Anguissa to come back and honestly, like, be pissed off that they sucked in the Premier League and come back and want to prove something. You know that's going to happen with the Carnies. You know Mitrovic is coming back and he's going to be pissed and he's going to want to win. So I think that that's going to be something that's going to be different for this club because they did get promoted. We get relegated. We get promoted. They don't want to get relegated again. And there's enough of the core that went through that that I would be shocked um, if, if it continued uh, to, to be anything like, you know, the, the season we had two years ago. So I've got two quick ones. That yeah, go ahead. That please. Are, you just made me think of number one. If you need to, you can always sell the Michael Jackson statue out front. I'm yeah, sure somebody um, would buy it for a lot of money. It, it's already and, gone. And number is it's it real? Gone. Oh, it is now. Yeah. Damn. Oh. Fuck. Shit, it was gone. It, it was gone immediately. That was only there because Al-Fayed loved Michael Jackson and he came there for one game and he said something stupid like, if you don't like what he does, then F you. And so um, in 2013, we removed it. It went, it. It, went in, it went into the National Football like Museum. And then in 2019, they decided to pull it uh, completely. So that is now uh, that's long gone. Oh, sorry. There was something in my throat. Allegedly. Something in my throat there. I don't know what it was. That is a very powerful estate, my friend. Allegedly. (laughs) Heard. Heard allegedly. That estate has a lot of money. (laughs) They can come after us quick. The other thing is if there if what we've described Fulham to be and which is true, very polite club, very polite supporters. If there is the absolute antithesis to that. Is Alexander Mitrovic? Oh God, yeah, playing up front, just a massive twat bag. <laughs> oh fuck off! He's a man. <laughs> no, he's a great player. He's just a dickhead, and it's so he's yeah. not he's a very dickhead. Fulhamish. And that's the he, right he's there, you dickhead. go. Yeah, he's just not a Fulhamish person. D- dare I say, <laughs> Mitro would jab a cunt. <laughs> that is for damn sure. Oh, guaranteed. First thing he did off the plane was, "Where's the Bucky?" <laughs> um, uh, so we, we've said it a few times now also Fulhamish that actually is a thing it got started on Twitter two years ago while in the Premier League mm-hmm. somebody got excited at Craven Cottage threw their pie in the air landed on somebody <laughs> and apparently they didn't help them clean it or something or they just told them to fuck off whatever it was and one of the first Twitter comments that got the most likes about the incident said well that's not very Fulhamish is it <laughs> and that just became a term so, <laughs> so that's, that's it's great. I mean, 
one of our biggest podcasts is the Fulhamist Podcast, and the guys over in uh, at Craven Cottage in London do an amazing job, and it's uh, it's pretty fucking hilarious that uh, <laughs> that it's now the name of the podcast. So yes, there's gear too. You can buy gear, posters. You can get whatever you want. There's all types of Fulhamish the, stuff. The Fulhamish beer. Oh, uh, Sam, next time we're in London, we need to go get a Fulhamish. Absolutely. We definitely need to have a pint of Fulhamish. What would a Fulhamish beer taste like? I'm imagining something like sweet and fruity, like the way you're describing it. Soft. I would just imagine it to be like a standard lager. Just very, <laughs> just very bland and nondescript. Doesn't step oh, either side shit. of the aisle too much, but it fulfills a need. Yeah. It's there. <laughs> it's there. That's. Now, I, I will tell you there is a uh, there is a brewery in Texas that created uh, the Craven Cottage beer, and um, it is one of the things that many people are trying to get their hands on. And uh, if if you could sell that globally, it would go everywhere. That is that's very cool. That's interesting. Uh, was do you, do you happen to know off your top of the off the top of your head was that a like one of the brewers there happens to be a Fulham fan and that's why they did a Craven Cottage beer or any tie-in? You know, it, it's a, it's called Roadmap Brewing uh, in Texas. Um, and I'm not exactly sure, but it's it's called the Craven Cottage. And it's a uh, it's a it's a, uh, a 6.1. I'm trying to read it up right now, but you, you can check it out. Uh, Craven Cottage on Roadmap Brewing. Uh, it's designed in the can is designed just like our, our stadium. And it just came out uh, a couple months ago, actually. So maybe that's our good luck charm for uh, for being promoted. Very cool. Well, and also one thing that uh, I think we can all universally agree on here. Uh, your grounds are pretty fucking cool. Oh, it's yeah. A great Absolutely. Looking... It's still got two wood stands on it. Love, love, love the uh, the design of, of those grounds. And whenever when I know whenever my team goes to play at Craven Cottage, I always enjoy watching it because it's just such a cool, yeah. old cool pitch to tra- watch. Traditional old English ground. Everything's nice and tight. Right on top of the field, it's it's awesome. It is, and the new addition is going to be great. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a I hear that a lot from a lot of people, and I don't know if they say that because they enjoy beating us there. But you know, if that's the reason, then fuck off. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I did think of one more thing. Do you remember that Japanese team that threw the Colonel Sanders in the river in celebration and then was cursed? Oh, the yes. statue. Maybe they should have thrown Michael Jackson in the Thames, and their fortunes would have changed. <laughs> yep, that's what they needed to do. <laughs> that's what it was. God damn it. Throw the King of Pop into the Thames. That's, That's what needed it. And, to it and they would have been fine. They'd have been safe. Um, so a few thoughts here, because we talked a little bit about Mitrovic, and then I wanted to round out another thought on Parker. So first, let's do Parker. Besides just re- reigniting the club and putting the arm around him, I guess you could say, and go, hey, look, we're better than this. What would you say Parker's tactics and styles are? What kind of club is Fulham on the pitch? What kind of game do they want to have? Yeah, so I mean, I, I think honestly, we try to have a positive, you know, attacking-minded uh, approach. We typically play a four-two-three-one, um, but it got us in trouble early in the season last year because we weren't defending and we got countered. And so we realized that we needed to adjust specifically from a defensive standpoint. So when you look at us, we're definitely possession-minded. Uh, we try to have a really, really good defensive shape. We like to to get to the outsides. We will play the long ball every once in a while because we have some big boys up top and, and they can man their own. Uh, but when we get into a defensive ship, we'll typically have like Mitro or Onama or, or AK-47, which is Kamara, and they will run around and they'll run the defense and they'll run into the goalie. And then we'll position ourselves more into a square. And what I mean by that is we want to have a box shape in all those central areas. And this allows us to overload uh, on that first line of defense. We really decide when, when they're coming, we'll stay tight and then we'll break. And it was interesting the last couple of months. Our defense played great. We had a, we had a couple uh, clean sheets in a row, which we, we didn't have at all in the in, in the in the first couple of months of the season. So really, it's 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 have great goalkeeping in Rodak, 
stay tight in defense, and then break when we can. But we also can hold the ball. If you watch the the, the final at Wembley, we, we held the ball the whole damn game. I don't know what Brentford was doing. Brentford was supposed to be the club that was the Barcelona of the championship. They were the ones that had the three strikers up top that were supposed to run house on us, and they didn't at all. They literally waited for us to make a mistake, and we said no problem, and we took it the entire game. And then once we started to get tired, we started to play a couple long balls, and the rest is history, and that's how we got promoted. If I was a Brentford fan, I'd be sick. First off, I'd never be a Brentford fan because I would be fucking shit. But the reality <laughs> is, is that – the bottom line is, is that's how we play. So, I mean, I think what we'll have to do in the cha- or in the, in the God, I'm saying the championship. Screw me. What we'll have to do in the Premier League is the same thing. We're going to have to defend our asses off and then take our opportunities when we can. When we keep possession, that will be great. But when we're playing the top boys, um, that's going to be the biggest key is how can we get everybody behind the ball? How can we defend, defend, defend? And then when we get an opportunity to break, take it. We get an opportunity to hit a long ball to Mitro, play off of him, and then play on the outsides. That's that's Scotty Parker's uh, mentality, but it's going to be positive. It's going to be often attacking-minded uh, with, a, with a huge emphasis in defense. Uh, and I know that's a lot at once, but that's uh, that's my take. Um, so, well, then that's perfect because that leads into Mitro. Mitro, who has dominated the championship for two, two seasons in a row, well, with a break in the Prem, where he's just the goal-scoring machine, but then got up to the Prem, and it seemed to taper off a little bit. Um, do you think Mitro's ready to go ahead and excel in the Prem? Because for us, we we were surprised he stayed with Fulham and went back down. Yeah. We were convinced. Honestly, I thought he was coming to us. I figured we yeah. needed a striker, and I figured Mitro was Mitro was the guy. So. I thought he could have also ended up at Brighton. Yeah, to be honest, uh, before they bought Malpe. Yeah, um, because they needed somebody up front with Glenn Murray aging, and Fulham just never sold him. Uh, I get nervous that he's stuck in the Huckabee zone. Remember Darren Huckabee? Mm-hmm. too good for the championship just shit enough that he's not very good in the prem okay. he falls right in that in between where when he goes down he's fucking amazing but when he came up in the premier league eight goals nine goals top and just wasn't not a great return so does Mitro? do you think he's ready to take that step as sam asked you know i hope so um you know i think he's definitely going to get his opportunity and you know this is his time to shine and we'll find out very quickly I think him coming back and staying uh, with with Fulham is the reason that we're here. You know, if we didn't have Mitro, we wouldn't have been promoted and we would be in the championship and we would be rebuilding and we would probably lose even more players like Carney. Um, so I, I hope so. I'll tell you one thing. He loves London. He loves having his family there. He loves this club with a passion. They just had him on vacation last weekend and he's, and he's in literally like full gear on vacay with his family. So he loves the club and he would not want nothing more than to score goals, but it'll all come down to Can he do it? You know, he's a big boy. He's not got that much pace, so he's not going to be able to run around defenders. But where he's going to be dangerous is off set pieces. And he is lethal with his head. So if he can get 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 some some goals early on off some set pieces, you know, I can see him scoring a lot for Fulham. And we're going to need him to if we stay up. I got to say that's it also might be cause and effect of when you were in the Prem that there wasn't really anybody getting them the fucking ball either. When when they were having their struggles when they were up in the Prem, it just. It seemed like he wasn't getting the chances he should have been getting. He was so isolated. Yeah. The gap between midfield and, and, and Mitro was was tremendous. He was oftentimes by himself or having to come back too far, and he doesn't possess the skill set to get himself out of those tight spots. Um, the other problem that I saw was the center of midfield looked like they just met every game. The problem was it happened every game. They looked like they had just met and introduced <laughs> to each other in the changing room prior to the match. So there was no continuity in that midfield and no chemistry in that midfield. And every time Fulham crossed the halfway line, 
They just started to break down. They zigged when they should have zagged. Somebody should have held their run and didn't. Or they ran too early and the ball was played behind them. There was, there, it was just off. I, I, I would say I, I was thoroughly impressed with the, the, the couple of guys that were playing while Mitro was hurt. Uh, you, you called him AK-47. That was Kamara, right? Yes. And then uh, Osuna, the, the other big stocky guy as well. Yeah, Onuma, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that's the two guys. Those two guys, those, they're Jesus. <laughs> I would not want to run in headfirst into those guys. <laughs> you just, yeah. they are, they are thick boys. Woo! Yeah. We have some horses up there. I think that, that could play well to how physical the Premier League is. Uh, and being able to hold the ball off and then being able to get some speed on the outsides and be able to play in and play out and then get the big boys in there for the cross. I think that will be how we score a lot of goals. But to go back on what you just said uh, of, of the midfielders meeting the game up, it was an individual effort all the time. You would have Siri try to take on six players. There was no continuity. There was no, you know, it was just, it was, there was no chemistry at all. And that word's overused in football all the time. But it was literally watching a game being like, is this Sunday football, like pickup? And these guys just got out of their truck and they're like, they don't even speak the same language. It was very odd to watch. It was... Billich, the the West Ham coach was, I mean, the West Brom coach was your coach at that time, right? In the Prem, wasn't it? Slava was Slava. Or he was uh, West Ham. No, he was West Ham. It, it, Claudio yeah, Ranieri. It was Slava who brought him in. It was yeah. right, that, and then was gone yeah, and then quick, got fired. and then went to Ranieri, and then yeah, yeah. went to Parker. Yep. Who Ranieri yes. doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He got his Premier yeah. League title. God. He's just having a lovely old time. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, hiring him was the most foolish thing we could have done. <laughs> just a cute old man who gives a good press conference dilly ding dilly dong and what you worried about i mean i want to know what did he say to the cons to be like oh shit this is the guy this is the guy did he just walk in with the premier league trophy and be like i've done it once yeah. i mean yeah. it's shock it still to this day shocks me that he was our, our Claudio, just all italianish i coach a oh, team i take them down the field they score goals oh. we win games that's what i do it was, yeah. <laughs> and his words getting that, hung up yeah. in the handlebars of Khan's mustache yeah. never made it to his ears. And he was like, Premier League, oh, win? Yes. Well, well, since we're kind of already talking a little bit about the squad, why don't you tell us a little bit more about a, a few key players on the team? You mentioned something about goaltending, and I'd like to know about that because the goaltender you had when you were up in the Prem, he had this problem when the ball hit him right in the chest or right in his hands, he, he couldn't hold on to it. So <laughs> yeah, this, this goalkeeper that you had had a problem with his hands. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's where it broke down. <laughs> it just, that doesn't bang, work out so well. Bang on analysis. That is what you get here at the DU football that's show, a, my friend. You know what? That's a hot take. That is. And I'm that a, is a for- hot take. And I'm a former keeper. <laughs> so I really, I really know how to come in with the hot takes. Well, it's uh, also because you've been hitting the head quite a bit. So we're just lucky you <laughs> can string together a sentence. Oh, uh, yeah. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about the about some of the uh the team i mean i know we talked about uh mitro a ton but why don't you talk about some of the other guys yeah so i mean our team's still getting formed and it's kind of amazing that we're about a couple weeks out from the season and we still don't really know what our team's going to look like there's a lot of questions that are unanswered as far as uh do we have some loans that come back do they you know we don't know for training happened today and a couple of players weren't there including harrison reed uh, and Angisa. So I, I don't know. Um, I, to be honest, let's let's talk a little bit about Carney. You know, he's going to be in the middle. Um, Tom Carney has been our captain for for three seasons. He is an amazing player, and I think he is ready and built for the Premier League. But he always gets to that point, and then he can't get to that next level until we had Harrison Reed. And if Harrison Reed 
if we can sign him fully and bring him into the squad, I would love to see what Carney and Harrison Reed can do in the middle. I think that they complement each other very, very well, and I think that they know each other very, very well. So that's going to be key. Um, when you talk about you know you know, the goaltenders or goalkeepers, Rodak is a player that has done an amazing job for us this season. Uh, came in for Bettinelli and has been really solid. I believe that he will get the start. I know there's a couple of rumors out there of bringing in some different players, but I definitely think that he will be um, somebody that will get a start, and I think he's he's Premier League worthy. And then one that I, we will talk about some signings, but uh, Anthony Robinson, I think, is going to be an amazing player to take from the, from the left back position. He's an attacking-minded left back. Uh, I think he'll be able to fly up the flanks. I can't wait to see him, and that should be pretty interesting. But it's going to be it's going to be you know up and down the board. I couldn't even tell you who our lineup's going to be, um, which is kind of shocking that we're going to be playing Arsenal in a couple of weeks. And I, I you know our back four could be you know three different players that we've never even heard of. Um, but if we want to jump into the back four, I think it will be. Um, Robinson, I think Tim Ream will start. I don't know if he's good enough, to be honest. As a, mm-hmm. as an American, I don't want to say that be and be rude, but we'll see, right? Um, and then Michael Hector, who we got in January, has been an amazing addition to our team. I can't wait to see him there. And then on the right side, I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to play. I don't think Adoy uh, is fit for the Prem, so I think we'll have to figure that out. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of up in the air conversations. And I wish I even knew more right now from a transfer standpoint to see what our squad would look like. But if we can get Sari back, uh, if we can get Anguissa back, Anguissa back, excuse me, then I think um, that will definitely fill in the squad. Um, where uh, it, it was Reed? You said that was playing in the midfield with Carney. Yeah, Harrison Reed. Yes. Where 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 is he from? Who's who'd you get him on loan from? So Harrison Reed is, I, I think he was been, oh God, where is he? Where was he from? Southampton. Okay. So he's the same kind of situation with like Matt Target, who we had um, back in 2018. And then Southampton completely fucked us and then decided to sign him and then not play him and then loan him out. And he was a big key part to our team. And so I'm hoping that doesn't happen again. But right now he is on, uh, is signed for Southampton. I, I pray that we get him. There's lots of conversation right now, but he's a great little player. And I think a lot of people enjoy watching them. There's a, the problem with that would end up being that they just uh, uh, sold Pierre Hoiberg. Yeah. So they're going to yeah. need another central midfielder um, to play in front of uh, Oriol Romeo. Right. And well, they yeah. Ward Prowse will play in the middle from time to time. Yeah, but they've he's yeah. been playing as a deep lying playmaker, or I've seen him at left back last season. Yeah, uh, he's for played South everywhere. Man. But you know, one that I just want to throw out there. I know it's not speculation time, but mm-hmm. you heard it here first. Will Hughes from Watford. Okay. I think Will Hughes would be a fantastic player for you all. He works his socks off. He has at mm. least a, some semblance of a creative bone in his body. And he's a perfectly serviceable, experienced Premier League player that can do a job and probably wouldn't cost too much because Watford is still paying the first manager's compensation package from when they sacked him two weeks into the season. Yeah. And they've got what four they got to pay now? Yeah, they got four, four people they got to pay now. Yeah, <laughs> so they're going to. I need- actually love that. I love that idea. Yeah, That's a I, great- I think that he'd be excellent. Much, um, I he's just a player that I think is a perfectly acceptable player in the Premier League. He's too good for the Championship, and he should be available on a relatively cheap deal this summer because I think he's he's. Of the quality of the ilk of a Premier League player, that's ah, that's that's a that's a good assessment. I like that one. Now, uh, Sammy, I know you are infatuated with the owner, so why don't you go ahead and throw rattle off a few questions about the owner? Well, I just have you know, as a fellow Premier League club that's owned by a blood sucking NFL owner, um, <laughs> I just 
I, I wanted to know why, um, first of all, if Shahid Khan is funneling all the money out of Fulham, why isn't he funneling it into the Jacksonville Jaguars? Because they're still absolute fucking shite as well. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, like, uh, at least the L.A. Rams are good. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so and really, what I think is my assessment is that he just takes it all and spends it on mustache wax. Because <laughs> that man has the best mustache in all of football, period. End of story. Point blank. Tom Selleck, eat your motherfucking heart out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so in my opinion, I mean, this guy's worth $7.8 billion, right? He has uh, all the money that you would want or need to spend on anything that we do need, clearly, after he spent $100 million when we got promoted. Um, but I love him. And I think, honestly, that he is, uh, he's given his son, Tony, uh, the reins of the club, and he's done a really good job. I think he got a lot of, of crap for, for really bringing in a lot of players that didn't work out in the Premier League. But for him to be able to assemble a squad – bring in great transfers, including Hector in January, where he told him, do you want to get promoted? If you sign with me, you will. And then it happens. And he literally showed him the medal. You know, it says a lot. And Tony's very involved. If, if you go on Twitter, he will go back and forth and tell you straight up if there are transfer rumors or not. Typically just with a one word answer, false will be his tweet on multiple <laughs> different uh, full on rumors. And good. so, I mean, I think they do love the club. Um, you look at the, at the players and, and their reaction the second that we won, which I, I would do the same thing if I was getting paid millions, but they, they FaceTime Tony and, and since he couldn't be there in Wembley and they were FaceTiming him and, and you could just see how excited and happy the players were and how happy he was. And I just think it's a family club. You talk about how nice we are. Uh, yeah, I think that's how it is from top to bottom. And uh, I'm not worried about him funneling money to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm actually shocked <laughs> he still owns them. Yeah. No, I, the, the whole thing, they have the and have had the lowest attendance in the NFL forever. And London really wants a club. That's where it's going. Yeah. So I mean, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, no, he tried to buy Wembley. A couple no, 100%. Years ago. Yeah, he tried it's to buy like, Wembley yeah. for six hundred million a few yeah. years back. Yeah, absolutely. The stadium yeah. cost him three billion dollars or some shit. Yeah. Um. But anyway, they um. No, you're absolutely right. I I made the comparison simply because our two owners both own NFL clubs. But you're right. Cronky's a cunt and barely spends any money, and keeps the purse strings super tight. Where Khan, obviously coming up, ill-advised, but spent a hundred million because he cared. He it really did give a shit. It just didn't work out, you know. And you can see that. You absolutely can see that. I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, no, I'm I, just, I'm I still hate, shocked at Arsenal. Arsenal I hate people my owner. fucking hate her. Yeah, as yeah. you should. Such a twat. As you should. Hashtag as you should. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, you get along with my friends. They, they say that about every day. So that's, yeah. uh, that's great. In all fairness to uh, Arsenal supporters, it's always somebody out. Come on, have you have you watched <laughs> Arsenal TV for thirty seconds? Oh, I was just, I, <laughs> that was the point I was good. Yeah, that was the point I was going to make earlier. Uh, actually, when when you talked about everybody turning on Scott Parker for about seventy two hours, um, look at yes. Ush and Granite Jocker right now. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, he was one of the greatest players in the last three months of the season. <laughs> you know, after the initial, like people wanted to fucking kill him. Yeah. They were literally sending him threats on me. Like, on, I will run onto yeah. the pitch and skull fuck you, asshole. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Every I was one of them. <laughs> now I didn't sing his. I didn't sing his praises tremendously towards the end, but he was pretty consistent. Uh, but yeah, now we we have some of the worst fans in the world, and they're all keyboard warriors. So just Google anything associated with Arsenal, and then out. Yeah, right. The word out. Yeah, with a player, a coach, an owner, a 
technical director, I'm whoever. Sure, I'm sure matter. the words have been uttered by somebody, Obama Yang out 100%. at some point. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. At some you point, know, you, yeah. You bring up a great point about, um, you know, uh, keyboard warriors. And, and I made a, a, a tweet uh, a couple of days ago, really just thanking the Fulham fans in London for how much they welcome us and they appreciate us. And we've never been, oh, you don't understand the sport. You're a stupid American. That's literally never coming from any English person that I've ever had a conversation with. And most of them love that the sport and the, and the team is getting fans from all over the world. I mean, when Gentleman Jim talks, he goes, whether it's good morning, good afternoon or good night. And he means that because we have Fulham fans in Japan and we have Fulham fans in literally all over the world. The ones that are the worst are the fucking American fans. And they're like, well, how long have <laughs> you been a fan? When did, you, when did you like them? Are you a Dempsey fuck? And you're like, dude, are you serious? We're Fulham fans. We're not fucking Man United. Like, why are you up my ass right now? <laughs> so for all you Fulham fans that want to talk shit to other Americans and say, well, I've liked them one year longer than you. Stop that bullshit and just be excited that you both like Fulham. We're not fucking cheering for like, you know, Real Madrid. Like, this is not something that everybody's jumping on board with. If they like Fulham and you like Fulham, then fucking hug and like Fulham. And that's my fucking TED talk. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. We don't, you know we don't condone that behavior during the times of COVID-19. Uh, please keep your socially <laughs> yes. distance away and air high five. <laughs> air <laughs> high five and wash your hands and keep your full of masks to yourself. That's uh, right. No hugs. I apologize. <laughs> so let's, let's, do, uh, let's do a couple of fun little bits. First off, I, I know everybody always talks about as far as the Prem goes, uh, you guys and Chelsea being a longtime rivalry. Uh, who else are your rivals then in, uh, in football? Well, I've, I've had the pleasure of speaking about one of them a lot, uh, which is <laughs> Brentford. Um, and then another one is QPR. I mean, both of them. I mean, Chelsea's 1.8 miles away. I love talking about, you know, football to Americans that might not understand it. And it's, and, and it's just talking about neighborhoods like in Charlotte and saying, you know, it would be like Dilworth, you know, playing against Noda. And, and people just don't understand that, um, yeah. how, how just insane it is and how passionate it can be. And that literally, if you cross the street, you can turn into a completely different fan base. Uh, but those would be our biggest ones. I mean, I think Brentford, since it's so fresh, um, you know, you go on Twitter, Brentford fans, oh, we're cheering for you, Fulham, beat West Brom, we're going to the Prem. And we end up tying West Brom, and they literally had a celebration, bees up, Fulham down, bees up, Fulham down, like they had won. And then they shit their fucking pants the last two days yeah. and their last two matches. Then they have to go into the playoff. Then they play us, and we play them in the most important game in football or the most expensive game in football and we send those bitch asses right back down to the championship where they belong where they've been for over 80 or 78 years or something insane yep. um so I, I will say for all the brentford fans out there that were, were so excited about being in the prem tough shit <laughs> yeah, and the and when it comes to chelsea yeah. i mean who it's fucking chelsea i mean there's like that i mean fuck like there's fuck them uh, you know i saw I, mean? like, I saw a funny thing the other day I think I may have told you this off air. Uh-huh. Uh the uh Russians apparently have a COVID nineteen vaccine. Have you seen this? Uh yes, I've heard <laughs> And about the, it. the tweets that are very funny is like I took uh two days ago I took the Russian COVID nineteen vaccine and everything is going ski, okay ski, right ski, now ski. <laughs> and then it just starts typing in Russian. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I about shit my pants. Good old Chelsea. Yeah. Good old Chelsea. Yeah, that was I'm saying that that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, you know what? That makes <laughs> Russian that makes, oligarch money makes makes sense to me with Brentford because they they are West London. Is QPR also West London? I know they're in London. I yes. just don't know exactly where. Yeah, they're West London as well. And QPR has been a you know a, a, a hated club, but you know hopefully uh, I'll talk about this when we when we talk about some rumors. Hopefully we are going to steal one of their stars, which would be fantastic in the uh, in the rumor mill of who the hell is going to come to Fulham. Excellent. And uh, 
uh, last little fun little one is tell us some of your famous supporters. Obviously, we know about a famous player in Clint Dempsey, but uh, how about some famous supporters of the club? Besides yeah, Michael so Jackson. Th- yeah. <laughs> that that uh, one time for 20 minutes. Yeah, that one, that one game. I mean, imagine going to a match one fucking time and then getting a statue outside the stadium. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Like, that's just insane. I still can't believe that. But some of our famous uh, supporters, Hugh Grant, um, I don't know if you remember uh, or know Daniel uh, Radcliffe, Harry Potter. Yep. He's a yeah. huge Oh, there fan. we go. Um, yeah, Hugh Laurie, uh, Pierce Brosnan, James Bond. My God, go. Hugh Laurie. His father yes. was a professional rower. Oh, no shit. I did not know that. Yeah, he rode for Oxford and then uh, was in the pros. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Whatever the professional rowing is. Who the fuck knows that? Yeah, they just walk around in blazers every day. Graham, why do you know that? Because I was a big <laughs> House great. MD fan back in the day. You remember that show? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and I had no idea until I saw him on Leno that Hugh Grant was, or Hugh Grant, Hugh Lowry <laughs> was British. No clue. Because oh, yeah. he did such a good American accent, right? And I was 16. Mm-hmm. I had no concept. So I Googled the guy, and then I found out all the shit about his dad. And his dad actually was a doctor, I think, as well. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So um, and Hugh Grant famously uh, hired a prostitute as a publicity stunt. <laughs> yes, we know all about that one. Yep. That's fullness <laughs> to the T. <laughs> Beat me to the punch. Well done. Well done. If you know the jab's coming, just go ahead and stick your face out and jab take it, it yourself. Well, I got, I got that vibe when we got off the train at Fulham and Hammersmith uh, when we were over there and then walked to Stamford Bridge from that train stop. Yeah. But that train stop, if you go walk six blocks the other direction, is Fulham. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I love so, it. So I got that vibe, too. You walk around there at 25 quid, you'd leave happy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the final question and the big question. Um, oh, hold on. Well, before we get to that, the, okay, the sure. one that I think is great, because I'm a kid and I grew up with this. Nikki Diamond, Scorpio from American Gladiators. All right, oh, like I mean, okay. like how fucking cool is that? That's that's Amer- that that is full America to the T, right there. To Absolutely, the American what Gladiator. Niche, what a niche reference for people of a certain age, and those of us <laughs> in this room got it. Yep, completely yes. got it. Anyone I, younger than us that's listening to this will have, have no, no idea, idea what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> Expect expect that to be used with Kitty the Chicken when she bets on Fulham. That is definitely coming. That is without a doubt coming. She will have been backstage. Doing some coke off his ass. Yes. (laughs) Allegedly. 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 I heard Kitty auditioned once. For American Gladiator? You know, The writing does itself, doesn't it? It's pretty easy. You know know what? When Fulham play Lester, that after party may kill Kitty. (laughs) <laughs> if that's the case, because I figure Vardy's going to show up with a couple vodka tonics. <laughs> and, and then you got an American gladiator coked and steroided up. And that's the end of that. Allegedly. Oh, beautiful. All right. So then let's get to the big one. How do you think you do this uh, season? Do you stay up? Whereabouts on the table do you think you finish? Gosh, that's such a tough question because I don't want to uh, quote unquote jinx us. But I think the goal for, for any Fulham fan and honestly our players needs to be 17th or better, right? Like we need to stay up. That's the only thing that needs to be on our agenda. I think we'll struggle against the top half, um, but we really need to stay together as a team. If we defend as a team, if we attack on the counter, uh, if we stay healthy, you know, I'm looking anywhere from 14 to 17 would be a, a great season. Um, the goal now is to just not get relegated. And a lot of Americans probably wouldn't understand that. But after going up and down and up and down, you really just need to be able to solidify yourself up there and then be able to build on that. So 
Um, I, I don't give a shit where we finish as long as it's 17th or better. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's absolutely fair you, enough. You know what? And that's exactly what most people who get promoted should be that, saying. That's pretty much what everyone except Norwich fans say. It's not typically <laughs> what they say. <laughs> Because Nord fans, what, what did Leeds fans say for Premier League champs? Uh, like I, I, I believe, I believe he said twelfth. Yeah, I think yeah. he did twelfth. Twelfth. He gave himself way too much credit there. Yeah, we uh, Wolves, too much Wolves, credit. Wolves changed everything by coming up and finishing the top ten first season, and they were promoted the same year that we were, and and they didn't really change a lot. So I think if you want to follow a roadmap, yeah. that's it. I th- they changed a, a fair bit with yeah, okay, all those right. Benfica, so they, all those Benfica players coming in. Yeah. And uh, basically had to walk through George Mendez's taint to get inside. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. I completely spaced. Phil. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> End of segment. <laughs> it's time to tell you what little the league knows. It's speculation time. So the silly season is fully upon us. The darts are flying. And before we focus on um, Fulham getting back up to... Uh, getting their signings and getting their team together. Let's talk a little bit about the signings that happened over the past week, Sam. So what do you got for us here? So the signings that have happened over the past week. Instead of reading your phone, you could just read the piece of paper that has it all written down for you. If I, I don't only... think I have that paper. Oh, Simkus? This yes, one? Yes, there you go. All right. It's only in bold in caps. Uh, Simikas uh, going to Liverpool. Never heard of him. <laughs> Uh, uh, Greek Greek central defender, basically to fill in oh, as good. the third 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 center back. I think he's probably living with Papa. <laughs> uh, Ramsdale uh, going to Sheffield United, which is huge because Dean Henderson signed a new deal or is about to be offered a new deal at Manchester United. Yes, and they will probably not be able to get him back on loan. So Aaron Ramsdale going from Bournemouth to uh, Sheffield United. That's a good move by them. He was the number one thing they needed to fix was make sure they had a goalkeeper. Absolutely, you put this on here. My boys getting uh, two loan players. You I don't two- see the done deals. Uh, for that. I thought I it said on uh, the Premier League app today that both Mari. No, they were- completed the signing of loan players from last season. Okay. Yeah, Mari and Cedric Suarez are now yes. signed. Yes. Yeah, that's been done. Okay. Yeah. That that was just listed today. That was Suarez signing three contracts before. Remember, I told you signing three yeah. contracts before he made his debut. Yes. <laughs> he got loaned in January while he was hurt. Signed a loan extension for the end of the season after coronavirus and then signed a permanent deal the day before he made his debut. <laughs> Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Is this Jeff Hendrick went to Newcastle yep, from, from, uh, from, from Burnley? Burnley. Yep. The um, midfielder, the Irish are, midfielder. They are infinitely more shit now, Burnley. <laughs> uh, and Kyle Walker Peter, uh, Kyle Walker Peters. I don't know why I can never say that. Um, from Tottenham to Southampton. Yep. Uh, did on the permanent. So, yep. There's still there's still a bunch of rumor mill out there. There's a lot. Oh, I've of, got a couple lot rumors. of rumor mill out there. Why don't you go ahead and throw a few at us and then we'll get into some Fulham talk. Uh, Mel's beloved Spanish Tim Howard, Pepe Reina, uh, bidding farewell um, and going to AC Milan, uh, bidding farewell to AC Milan, his home, his parent club and signing for Lazio potentially. Oh, OK. I don't know if I like that, to be honest with you. Barcelona have held talks with Jurgen Klopp, apparently, over the manager's job. Didn't but they? that was only claimed by the club presidential candidate, Jordi Fade. But didn't they just sign a role to him to be the manager? Barcelona club presidential candidate. Oh, uh, okay. They can say whatever the fuck they want to get elected. That's true. Yeah. The Barcelona presidential candidate is, looks a lot like the Republican National Convention. Heard. Got it. Uh, 
Aston Villa want to sign Atletico Madrid and England fullback Kieran Trippier. Ooh. Don't know why he would leave. Yeah, he's, don't know why he'd leave Atletico to go to a team He's playing at Atletico. Right. Oh, uh, Shahid Khan. I wrote that down. Uh, no massive overhaul this summer, he says. Uh, Ryan Fraser, though, possibly on the cards, a player that's being linked. Anthony Knockhart uh, was made permanent. Uh, the loan signing from Brighton mm-hmm. um, was made permanent. And then everything I saw in the done deals had Wigan, um, basically a player being signed from Wigan. So I don't know if they're going to have a team next season. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles might be on his way to Wolves, um, and Gabrielle uh, Maglahaes, they don't use their last names anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Gabrielle, the um, Brazilian center back from Lille, is apparently at London Colney uh, doing his medical with the Arsenal ahead of a proposed £27 million move to the Emirates. Speaking of brilliant Brazilians, I'd like to use one name that's typically a first name, like American type name. Uh, Allen uh, is apparently very close to signing with Everton. There you and go. that deal should be done this week. Good. Which is a central midfielder, he- which is, dear sweet Jesus, what we desperately need. Yeah, well, now he can sign up for the $9 tier on Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> and you can find that at www.patreon.com backslash dfootballshow. Well done. Nice plug. Um, lastly, and the biggest dart of them all, as if one financial fair play uh, investigation wasn't enough, Manchester City are, quote unquote, crunching the numbers to see if they can sign Lionel Messi from Barcelona. <laughs> what? Why? Don't know. And at his age, honestly, I do believe he's the greatest player that has ever played the game. Hands down, completely agree with you. At 34 years old, do you honestly think he can take the rigors of the Premier League week in, week out? I don't. No, I he don't spend either. more time on the treatment table than he will the pitch. And for those 10 minutes of the 17 games he plays all season, he'll be fantastic. <laughs> but that'll be it. And he probably will have 14 or 15 goals to show for those 10 minutes a game oh, yeah. 17 times. But that'll be it. And how does that improve your squad? It doesn't. No. So why would you spend that amount of money that it re- would require to bring him there to get to, to, to do that? It makes no sense to me. I would say a journalist needed to get paid that day. That's so that's it. the story they wrote. That is the one. The old dartboard. <laughs> All right. So the big one, and we've already talked about you. So far, you've made one main signing, which was uh, Anthony Robinson, the Wigan left back, the U.S. men national team, and uh, former Evertonian, because he was with right. Everton and sold to uh, to Wigan, is now signed with you guys to be your left back. Uh, thoughts on Anthony as a whole? Yeah, love it. You know, it's full America is alive and well. He's 23 years old, started Everton when he was 18. You know, he's someone that is an attack minded left back, super quick. He's built for the Premier League. I think based on our style and the way that Parker likes to play, he'll fit in very, very well. Uh, Sorry, uh, Joe Bryan, you know, you're the man. I appreciate everything you did, but he's gone. And I think that it's a great signing. I mean, you think back in January, AC Milan wanted him. Uh, He had a heart condition. They didn't have the ability to go through the, uh, the, the physical quickly enough. They went back. He went back into... So Wigan, they found out it was nothing. So hopefully that is true. But I'm very excited about him. I think he'll bring a lot of pace to the left side, and that should be really exciting. Excellent. Now, um, is there concern? Because one of the major things that's kind of kept him off of playing full-time on the U.S. men's national team, and also part reason why we parted way with parted ways with him and didn't make him Luca Digne's backup and kept Leighton Baines on for another year, was apparently not the best at defending and he plays defender. Yes. Yeah. I would. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, yeah. 
Well, you know what? We're going to find out really quick. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, I think honestly, if you have him on the left side, that, that that's where Tim Ream is going to be exposed, right? We need a very solid veteran central defender that can come in and that can support someone that might be able to go up, maybe make a couple of mistakes. But I think that's where we will have some issues if we have to have Tim Ream and him on the left side. And God bless Tim Ream. I love him. He's been with our club for a while. But I think that will be a huge hole. And it's something that we won't know until, you know, we find out. I'm excited about it. Uh, I hope to God he's learned how to defend. I also have a quick question about Tim Ream. Did he, my memory may be failing me here, but did Claudio Ranieri force him to play in a defensive midfield position when he was pissed off at Jean-Michael Sealy? And... That kind of exposed Tim Ream's lack of pace, one, lack of experience, two, and ball-playing ability, which he doesn't. I don't remember him being really a ball-playing center back, more of a, a big lad that was willing to get stuck in. Yeah, I, I think that Claudio, he played whatever the hell he wanted to. He didn't care if the player was good or not. He'd be like, this is the way we're going to play. He, it was kind of insane, to be honest. It, it was like literally taking 11 players and not even looking at them and going, all right, this is the way we're going to play football. I don't care what your skill set is. And that really did expose uh, Tim Ream when he was in the prem. I mean, he was our player of the year coming out of the season where we got promoted from, right. from every. I mean, like it, you would think that he was going to be able to step right in, and it was it wasn't it wasn't what we thought. So yeah, and yeah. So, so he is naturally a center back, not a defensive midfielder. Yes, naturally right. a central. Back. Yeah, exactly. So I I think part of that is I mean you can you can be as talented as you want to be. Again, I, I bring up the point. Mesut Ozil is probably the best number ten in the world. His work ethic fucks him. One, two. If you played him at left back, he would not be able to do a job. <laughs> no, just wouldn't happen. So why why do that? Right. You know, it's one thing if there's a bunch of injuries and you have to do it for one game, but Ranieri seemed to do it multiple times and made Tim Ream look like a huge slot. And that's not really fair. And I don't think it's fair on that player either. He needs to be able to play his position that he was brought into play, and and maybe he can excel in doing that. Um, Brian, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the rumors? I, I know you hinted at a QPR yeah. player. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a few of the people who you think Fulham are going to sign between now and October? Shahid Khan's going to hijack that Lionel Messi move. <laughs> uh, I, hope, I hope not. Um, yeah, so, you know, Fulham Twitter is uh, is on fire right about now, especially when you get promoted, especially after you spent $100 million a couple of years ago. So there are a couple. Uh, Eberdeche uh, Ize from a QPR could be one that has been on the radar um, one that was just mentioned recently from a, a pretty, I don't want to say a valid source, but uh, a guy that, that knows what he's talking about has mentioned that we're one of three clubs going after Chris Smalling out of Manchester United for $20 million. Roma's after him, um, and Fulham are also going after Roma's forward, Patrick Sheik, who they had paid $42 million for, but they're looking at they would sell him for $29 million. Uh, I think, personally, we need a striker, a central defender, and another midfielder. Uh, Harrison Reed could fill in that, but some that have been absolutely ridiculous that are just stupid. Uh, there's one that Tony Khan had, uh, had, had nullified was, was Gerard Piquet from Barcelona. That that got some speed, which was ridiculous. Right. Um, uh, Luis from Benfica has been listed. Uh, Pedin from Juventus is a goalkeeper. Weston McKinney has been mentioned, but I don't think that he's going to be someone that is brought in. But there's a lot of, a lot of things are happening. I've been trying to follow it today because there's been a lot of, uh, of different rumors that have jumped up, but nothing really solid right now. But, um, you know, I, I wish I, I wish I knew a little bit more on these, but Smalling. it's just all speculation. They, they're never, the cons do not expose who they're going to sign until it's signed. No matter what our full and faithful on Twitter believe or say, or say this is a, a done deal. Because honestly, Tony Khan has said false to about 20 different rumors 
on Twitter, and he's a hell of a follow if you want to see an owner who interacts and just just puts one word answers like no. I love it. Love it. <laughs> I, I think I think Smalling would probably be a smart fit. Just a you know a good get stuck in can play a you know play a hard role as a as a center back. He I I think that would probably be a smart play. Um, uh, for sure. I I I certainly think he'd be a smart play. Yeah, because he got got top four experience. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that kind of veteran presence. You know, even if he's lost a step or two, I think he probably helps and well, fills in. Besides does that, a job. We also we we've talked many times about the old cliches of of a medium sized fish in a big pond versus a big fish in a small pond. Right. Right. And does the pressure of Manchester United weigh on Chris Smalling? those last two seasons where he wasn't particularly good. Right. Right. Come coming into Fulham, he'll be looked at as the person that's supposed to write the ship. And maybe he needs that responsibility. Right. Right. Maybe, maybe people excel in some of those positions where he was a squad player at Man U, you know, and then conversely, look at Harry Maguire, who is a big fish after that world cup in a small pond at less smaller pond at Leicester, and then goes to Manchester United and can't carry the weight. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would say, a good example of that um, would be from last year would be Gary Cahill. He filled in mm-hmm. perfectly at Crystal Palace. Now, yeah. Palace is going to have its own set of problems, I think, this season. But Gary Cahill was a perfect fit for that team. I think Smalley could do it, could, could really do a job yeah. at Fulham. I think that that's 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 one of as if I was a supporter of Fulham, that would be one I'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd like that move. That that seems like a right. Yeah, fit absolutely. For us. and just somebody that has the has the the nuts to organize the defense. Where yeah. no one did two seasons ago, you know, it, just, there, it was sixes and sevens at the back was an understatement uh, mm-hmm. describing Fulham's defense at times. It was it was all last ditch. There was no organized plan to defending at all under Ranieri in that season. Also, it doesn't help when goalie no hold ball too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I think we need somebody that's a veteran that can come in. Uh, that can basically, you know, t- I hate saying take the armband of the defense, but somebody that can come in there and be the general and and to be able to direct players. And if we if we can do that, I think Hector could be great. I definitely think that Robinson could be great, and whoever we can get on the right side. But I think there is a hole, and we need to fill that. Absolutely. Cool. Any other uh, silly rumors for you guys? Um, not not that I know of right now. Those are pretty much the main ones. You want to just um, make something up for us real quick? Well, you just mentioned Messi, so I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I, from from this standpoint, I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to speculate on anything. I, I think our biggest our biggest keys are getting our two loans back and seeing um, if they can play, if they want to play, and if they can fit back into it. And then and then picking up just a, another striker, a central defender. I think both of those will be the biggest keys to us staying up. And if we can just, I don't want to spend a hundred million, but I want to I want to spend enough. So to make us dangerous, and if we can get a couple of key components, I think uh, I think we'll have enough to, to do it. All right, Sam. So nothing going on with Drunkard United. We already covered that, and uh, we're going to talk about FK Sluts real quick, and then their season's over. So fortunately, we will have a new segment to fill in at the end of the show, right? Yes, we will have you'll, a new segment. You'll talk about that in parting words. Yes, I will. All right. So uh, the mighty FK Sluts unfortunately finished the season with a 2-1 to loss to Dynamo Minsk. Uh, the good news, they finished in 12th still, which was where they were, uh, staying completely safe, safe from any kind of relegation. 
Uh, the problem for them, though, is yet another two players this week have left the side. So I don't know who's going to play for them because they I guess they can't pay anybody right now. Yeah, they were, remember, supported by the sugar factory for a bit. Mm-hmm. And things aren't getting much better in that country with a bit of a dickhead in charge. <laughs> um, so politically, it doesn't look great for Belarus either, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, he, and he was the one who told them that they had to uh, um, uh, get out there and play. Yeah. So I do have a text from Vitaly. Uh, oh, close personal friend of the show, Vitaly Trubilia. <laughs> yes. Is he in your phone? Close oh, personal of friend of the <laughs> show, Vitaly Trubilia. Expert uh, angler, by the way. Yes. He says, uh, hi, I am absolutely okay. We train normally and time by time support our people with a winky face. What does that mean? And a little, <laughs> and a little kissy face. But that's oh, goodness. That's, that's for yeah. you two. Is, is, is that's just a different text. Is, is, oh, man. She forgot to tell you about the eggplant and the uh, droplets <laughs> emoji, too. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just wondering, it does like Vitaly hear like, like Miz in the background? Do you hear the people sing? Like, is he like grabbing a gun or something? I mean, I don't know what's up. I will say he hearted twice my photograph of the protest flower crowns I made for weadvocatechange.com. I made some uh, traditional Belarusian photo crowns for their photo shoot, and he hearted that twice. Ooh. All right. So things are happening over here. Yes. That's <laughs> We're witnessing the first Drunkard United football show affair. Heard. <laughs> Mel, is, Mel is essentially on footballmatch.com. Hashtag mailorderhusband.com. <laughs> yes. And, and yes. I'm getting out of this deal free. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love you, honey. Hey, uh, Sammy, any parting words? I do have parting words. Um, firstly, we are going to uh, begin our Drunkard United football show fantasy football again for this season it's not going to be you creating a league at two o'clock in the morning piss ass drunk after you go hey you want to do a fantasy league i say no start league yeah <laughs> this one is actually thought out um and not a uh, a rebel move by me from the fascist dictator that is mr houston um we are doing a draft league with that comes uh, a limit to the number of teams that we have um we want to make sure that it is people that listen to the show so we are asking you now, and this is the only way that you are going to get into this league. If you email us the first 13 people that email in, because we have three signed up for the league already that, that we needed to have, me, Sam, and Rob, who's Rob's, running, who's, who's running, running the league, the first 13 people to fill out that 16-team roster, email in to dufootballshow at gmail.com, um, and we will send you the invite to the league. First come, first serve. End of story. Don't want to hear any bitching about it. I will also create a free league with the budget that everybody can be involved in, even if you don't listen to the show. But we want to make sure that those that listen have first come, first serve. That is what's going to replace DU Talk is fantasy banter and bullshit. We are also going to bring you an extra show. Yep. The fucking draft. Yep, we are going to do a draft show, and then, of course, it's going to be head-to-head as well. Did you mention the head-to-head already? It is, it, I, I don't know if I did yeah. or not. It is head-to-head. Yeah, so this is more what we're familiar to when we play, say, fantasy football, NFL football here in the States. So it'll be you draft a team, only one of you gets Virgil van Dyke. Only one of you gets yep. Mo Salah. Only one of you gets Kevin DeBerna. Like, it is, it's, 
a draft league, and then it is head to head. So, and nobody will pick Tim Ream. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I love how the Everton supporter oh. names two Liverpool players. And it's his. just who's gonna go love high. It. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Last thing I have. I also like to mention, by the way, I'm not a fascist dictator. I'm a fucking tyrant. Get it straight. <laughs> Please continue. The last thing that I have here is a DM from Taylor mm-hmm. that I need to, to read out. Uh, apparently, we're doing a few of his emails on the uh, on the paid show. Yes, yeah? we are. Right. So um, on the Patreon show, uh, we tend to read out uh, a bunch of emails. Um, Taylor did DM me this, and I need to make sure that I say it out loud. He says, quote, just to clarify, the Wi-Fi under Sam's taint isn't that great. In fact, I'm only seeing one bar. Well, it actually looks more like a Tic Tac than a bar. So, <laughs> so surprising that he got three or four emails in uh, into the inbox. Um, he could see it. I'm amazed. <laughs> uh, famously, Sam has a globe for a set of nuts and a Tic Tac for a penis. But it works. <laughs> I love it. A big set of balls. You got a big set of balls. Goddamn right I do. Sorry, Russ. All right. So, Brian, any parting words? No, boys. I appreciate you having me on the show. We're, uh, we're so fucking glad to be back in the Premier League where we will stay. And uh, it's just it's a it's a blessing. I remember watching Wembley for the second time. And, and I and I hope literally anybody listening to this, it's an amazing moment to watch the game, but it's the worst football game to watch because your nerves are just at the most intense moment ever. It's not like anything else you've ever imagined. If you lose this, it's all fucking over and you have to do it again. But we've won it twice in the last three years. I couldn't be more blessed. And I hope I never have to play that fucking game again because we're staying in the Premier League. Come on, you whites. Come on, Fulham. Let's do this. Excellent. Very good. Now, you handle the Fulham USA Twitter, correct? I do, and that's at Fulham FC USA. And you can also find us on uh, Facebook at, at Fulham USA, at Fulham FC USA as well. Excellent. Really and, original name there. And also, hey man, that's you know what? most of it them are. It gets the followers, bro. It gets the it, followers. <laughs> yeah. Sam, one should not critique someone else's Twitter when joke. their Twitter has way more followers than ours does. So we should probably just be quiet on that one there, Sam. Uh, well, I I can't speak to that. All right. I'm gonna help promote your Twitter. That's so what we like. Awesome. Yes, there we go. Especially after we beat Arsenal's ass, then I'm definitely going to promote the Twitter. Well, well you five beat two, Arsenal's five, five nil last time out. If you, yeah, you, that was fun. If you beat you beat the shit out of Arsenal, I'll make sure Mel reaches out to you and records a sound drop for uh for us to throw on Sam to fuck with him during the middle of a show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a that's, thanks. That's a guarantee. I appreciate that. That would be fantastic. No, I really do appreciate, it, guys. This has been awesome. Uh, it's, it's been great having you, bro. Yeah, Excellent. it has been. I, I look forward to it. Um, I look forward to following the rest of them. Um, uh, did you get to? Did you get West Brom? Are they actually going to come on? Or are they trying to get relegated? Uh, no, he's coming on. Uh, yeah, it's ah. um, it's uh, Jordan. I want to say his name is. We've talked already. He is coming on next week, and then uh. Then we have something big planned for September the 7th, which will be daunting. But if we pull it off, it will be fucking awesome. Yeah. So, so he finally dragged himself out of the indie club in Seattle. Slavin Bilic took him in uh, at the beginning of last season. Huh? Yes. All right. Exactly. Good. good for him. All right. Well, that about wraps it up, boys and girls. Thank you so much for joining us. Next up is injury time, which is more of the same. We're actually going to talk about uh, Europa and Champions League this time. Unlike last time, which just became two hours of drunken slobbery where we finally talked about the beers we were drinking at the end 
And there's an email about that, by the way. Awesome. <laughs> Can't wait. Until next week, everybody. Good night. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right day, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Bramby. Sam Graham.